0: Money is one of the biggest areas of conflict for couples. But what if there was a way to prevent a financial fight even before it happens? I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and erin Smalley, who lead the Focus uh, Marriage team. And, Aaron, if somebody is struggling to trust their spouse, um, like maybe there's a history of mishandling finances. Um, What's your suggestion? How do they establish trust or regain that trust? Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Oftentimes when there's been issues around money, one individual will feel like it's their job to manage the other person. But of course, we know that does not work. Um, Crossing into our spouse's yard and trying to micromanage the details of the finances, it's just not going to work. So it's stepping back and recognizing we can build trust between us and us. Now, I know whenever I say that, people are like, what does that mean? Building trust between you and you, it's much like when you get into your car to drive. When you get into your car to drive, do you trust that you know what to do? Like if someone cuts you off or maybe the weather's bad, there's a threat. Do Are you confident that you know what to do when you're behind the wheel? And most people will say yes. That's the same thing I encourage people to develop between – Themselves between them and them, when there is a threat in the relationship, that I know what to do if Greg shows up untrustworthy. That's Which in his yard. Never
2: happens. Yeah, but. you <laughs> just, yeah, you're just
1: that's in that's in his yard. Now I can absolutely, you know, first it's going to trigger me, so I'll put my car in reverse and I'll back it up, and then, you know, take care of me, like really minister, let God minister to my heart, and then I can put my car and drive and go back and go, hey. So that really offends me or hurts me. I feel unsafe. I feel unprotected when I hear or I find that there's been um, secrecy or hiding with money. That seems to be the biggest thing I hear about is that one spouse is hiding money or secretly spending money or investing money or doing something that the other spouse doesn't know about. It's the other spouse's job to become trustworthy. And when the person who's been offended recognizes it is not their job to make the other person trustworthy, that that is in their spouse's yard, mm-hmm. that it is their job to become trustworthy. In many ways, it causes the offended spouse to go, oh, so I don't have to micromanage him. This is between him or her and God.
2: And you know, I like what you're saying here, and I think the the biggest point you're trying to make is that you're never going to feel trust in any relationship if you don't, first of all, trust yourself, that you know how to manage those really hard, painful emotions that accompany any sort of secrecy Mm -hmm. or money Mm -hmm. issues. And that's something that we're just never taught. Mm. We're taught how do we get the other person to show up in ways that feel safe so that I stay open. It's a game changer and has been a game changer in Mm -hmm. our marriage as Aaron and I have learned. Well, actually, I will feel safe and be able to trust Aaron to the degree that I actually know how to really take good care of my heart, my emotions, and I trust myself. Yeah.
0: Well, there's a lot of good stuff in what you just shared, and we're going to continue along with the theme of finances in the family. But we're going to be putting the spotlight now on blended families as focus on the family president. Jim Daly had a discussion with Ron Deal uh, addressing some of the ways that blended couples can deal with
3: financial issues. Ron, welcome back to Focus on the Family. Thank you. It's always good to be here. When you get back to family life, say hey to Dave and Ann and tell them hi. I will. I will. (laughs) Hey, before we jump into the content of your book, which is really good, and I hope if people missed it last time, they can uh, download it on the smartphone app Mm -hmm. or go to the website and download it that way, because it was really, I think it was really good. You have mentioned, and you use it in your your subtitle, becoming a smart step family. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? I'd like to become smart just because. Right, right. (laughs) The reason smart is in most of the titles of my books is because when you try to
4: apply first family answers to second family questions... You're dumb. <laughs> wow. I hate okay. to say it. No, that's interesting. But, but you have just taken the wrong turn. When you get second family answers to second family questions, you're getting smart. You're smarter about the process. So many blended family couples are working hard to try to make it all work. And actually, they're trying to force it to work on their time and in their way. And it's just creating more pushback and hesitation from children. And they're really not helping the process. They're hurting their own process.
3: And so we help them work smarter, not harder. Yeah. You know, last time I'd say we covered a lot of 30,000 foot view Mm -hmm. issues Mm -hmm. and I'm going to drill down a little bit. It might be like a 10,000 foot issue here or sea level. Okay, Finances can tend to be such a struggle in all relationships. Uh, but in, in step families, blended families, it can really become a big issue. I think your research indicated that one in four step couples uh, will have intentional conversations about their finances. Only. But that's only, yeah, I was going to say it's 25%. Yeah. what What's going on for the 75%?
4: Well, I think a lot of people are just avoiding it because the, the assumption of goodwill. And this makes a lot of sense to me. By the way, let me back up. Me, as a marriage and family minister and therapist who worked in local churches for a good part of my career, I didn't talk about finances when I was doing premarital counseling with couples. I mean, maybe just skirted
3: past it. Make sure you have a bank account.
4: I, too, (laughs) had the same assumption. Hey, you love each other. It's going to be okay. When it comes to blended family couples in particular, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily true with first marriages. I really know it's not true with blended couples because it is, again, so much com- so much more complex. How they're going to manage money, the finances, their assets, all the stuff they've acquired. Am I going to put your name on the house? Do we change beneficiaries on the life insurance? On and on and on it goes. I now think we have a moral obligation in doing premarital prep to help these couples really think through this. Yeah. I discovered this a few years ago partnered with a couple of guys who know a whole lot more about finances than I do, and we wrote an entire book on this subject for on stepfamily finances. I had to put something into this book on preparing to blend because I just think we just sort of skirt around it. We want to drill down to how are you going to combine money after the wedding? How are you going to wrestle with uh, long-term estate planning? How are you going to deal with Beneficiaries on life insurance and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you're getting married in the mid 50s or early 60s, people have a lot of stuff, and you know the whole reason the whole you know, you know let's sign this legal document saying what you're not going to get if I divorce you, mm-hmm. the prenup thing. That's what the whole reason that came into be is because people didn't know what to do with their stuff. We want to help people turn that into an asset for your marriage, not something that divides you and creates animosity around what you're getting or not getting. We want to help you see it as we negotiate this, we talk about this, we drill down and create a plan so that you and I both feel cared for. We feel confident that our children are going to be provided for if the worst happens. And now all of a sudden confidence
3: in our usness goes up. Yeah. In fact, do you call that the togetherness agreement? The togetherness yeah. agreement is what I like what the that title is. better than prenup, which exactly. sounds like a medical term. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Greg, what an
0: interesting idea there with Ron talking about the togetherness agreement. Uh, what do you think about prenuptial agreements and... Um, And apart from that, how can couples best talk about finances as they're going through premarital counseling?
2: Yeah, I think the reality is that for many years there was always that stigma attached to a prenuptial, like you're planning for our inevitable divorce, Mm -hmm. and it just never felt right. John, I think in this day and age, let's be be honest, okay? So for first-time never marriage, the age... For them, getting married is always trending older, and so now you 're looking at twenty nine thirty for the average age of the couples in the u s are getting married, and by then there there 's already a lot of assets and wealth that 's been accumulated property i mean whatever and and it's i think it 's just smart to have those conversations i 'm not saying that every couple getting married for the first time needs a prenuptial but what you need is clear, honest, open communication. You need to train each other that it's safe to have these conversations, that that we can talk about that. If one person is bringing in assets that that they've worked hard on prior to that marriage, that's a fair conversation and and an important conversation to have as a couple. Let's talk that through. You have a lot of uh people walking into a marriage again first time never married who have families who 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 are wealthy who who have family businesses and all that 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 all needs to be dealt with and really carefully thought through and, and if my answer is I'm not going to talk about that because I'm not going to plan for a divorce, mm-hmm. that's not healthy yeah. for the relationship.
0: So get this on the table yeah, and, and define it all because you're going to have to talk about this at some point. Right. And again, I'm,
2: we're, we're not being prescriptive right. that you need one. now, the, and, and we're not even talking about blended families. Right. Mm-hmm. So as Ron has been talking about, I mean, you've got significant assets involved as Couples are blending together, and it's just—it's it, not smart to avoid that. It's not smart to simply say, "Well, I'm not going to plan for divorce." We we get the stigma. We we mm-hmm. we get that this is sensitive, and and this is a complicated process. This is a legal document that that lawyers need to be involved in. But why can't we, as couples, coming together? Ha- make sure that the message is that that we 're going to have honest, open, real conversations about these things let 's really think this through and let's let 's not do this by ourselves mm-hmm. let 's have a, some lawyers let 's let 's have let 's find a mentor couple who 've walked this mm-hmm. who who dealt with that what they liked didn 't like all that is such an important part of this new forming marriage because you 're training each other that we 're going to have healthy conversations about these important issues. We're not gonna ignore them, sweep them under the rug to somehow then later on down the road have to deal with that stuff. It's just, it, it's just a healthy thing to really think through and process together. And if you get so stuck, come in and see a counselor and, and, and talk through what's, as Aaron often says, what's below the waterline. Mm-hmm. So if we're struggling around this idea of a prenup What's really driving that? Let's let's deal with that first.
1: And I would say what it ultimately does is sets up expectations and puts it into the light versus we have expectations that are unspoken. And that gets dangerous because if I'm believing that it's going to go one way and we've not talked about it. Well, does it involve the other person then? No, it's just within me. So put it out onto the table, have that honest conversation. And if you try to have that conversation and it doesn't go well, like Greg is saying, go in and talk to someone, a licensed Christian counselor, maybe a financial planner, Um, That can help you think through. I've got these assets, especially with an older couple remarrying. There's adult children involved and a lot of family assets. So it's just smart to set those expectations and guidelines. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate that rather unexpected answer to the question uh, (laughs) that I offered. And, uh, you know, we have so much wisdom here on the marriage team. Greg and Aaron lead a terrific team of people that. Pull together resources, build out websites, uh, provide events. There's a a treasure trove of help here for your marriage, whether it's a first time marriage or a remarriage, um, as we talked about today, a blended family marriage. Uh, There are so many resources we have. We do want to point uh, the spotlight on Ron Deal's terrific book, Preparing to Blend which addresses money and kids and so much more. Uh, Get a copy if you're a blended family or if you know a couple that is about to enter into a blended family situation. It's a terrific resource. Uh, Make a generous donation of any amount today, either a monthly pledge or one-time gift, to help the ministry of Focus on the Family as we um, encourage strong marriages And when you make that donation, we'll say thank you for your support by sending a copy of the book, Preparing to Blend. Details about the resource and ways to donate are in the show notes. And we'll also have a link to an article called Making a Financial Plan Matters to Your Marriage. Uh, It'll help you get started on those conversations that Greg was talking about, the difficult conversations sometimes that we have to have about uh, putting it all out on the table, especially with regards to finances. Again, the link is in the show notes. Next time, we'll hear more from Ron Deal, and he'll talk about keeping the communication lines open, even if you have differing opinions about disciplining the kids. For now, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.
2: Is your marriage holding on by a thread?